Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast, and this is Dan Campana, the Senior Manager for PR and Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to our latest episode. And as we've been uh, in recent episodes, focused again on COVID-19 and um, happy to welcome in Wendy Allen Thompson uh, to the, the podcast today. Talk a little bit about um, not just her experiences firsthand where she works, but also an opportunity to uh, work with a team of volunteers and go to uh, a hard hit area and just a little bit of the lessons that she learned from that, but also the, the turnout and the support of people who were interested in making that, uh, that journey with her. So with that, I welcome Wendy to the podcast. Good afternoon, Wendy. Good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me. So, Wendy, uh, let's just start off a little bit. Why don't you tell me a little bit of your background, uh, how long you've been in emergency nursing, and uh, just a little bit of, of where you've come uh, come from in terms of your career. Sure. Uh, I've been an emergency department nurse for many years, over 20 years. I first My first job in an ED was in 1997, and so I spent probably 17 years as a bedside ED nurse. And then I went back to school for my bachelor's and did some leadership um, positions and uh, really liked it, uh, working in an ED, being a leader there. And then I went back to school for my master's, and I just finished that recently. And uh, my current position is director of emergency nursing for University of Rochester Medical Center. And you said something before we started recording about there's nothing like emergency nursing. What what is what, why does it resonate so much with you? And, and you mentioned your daughter is also getting into emergency nursing. What what about this particular specialty has resonated with you over these years? Uh, probably everything. I love being an ED nurse. I've tried a couple of different things over the years, thinking now oh, that perfect schedule or this other idea might um, be something I'd like. And it, it was okay, but I, uh, I always went back and I'll never leave emergency nursing. I absolutely love it. It's where I belong. Um, I do have a background in pre-hospital care. I'm an emergency medical technician. I still hold my card current and volunteer with my fire department locally, as does my whole family. And so my daughter naturally really enjoys that too. So So even with all of that background and and the passion you have for it, these last few months have probably been, from everything I've heard and and learned from our members over the last several months, this has been unlike just about anything that has gone on. How do you sort of encapsulate what the experience has been for you over these last couple of months since the COVID pandemic really you know, took hold in the United States, especially in some of the, the hotspot areas? Um, I would say that it's probably been some of the highest highs and the lowest lows of my career. Okay. Uh, describe a little bit what, what, what have been some of the high moments and you know, if you want to, what, what are some of the low moments that you've experienced? Probably uh, the most, um, the best experiences have been really just the amazing teamwork and collaboration that has come out of the pandemic. Um, just the way that different um, units within the hospital have really come together as a team to figure out, you know, how do you take care of larger groups of patients with complicated medical needs and a medical condition that we still don't have all the information or know everything about. So that has been quite amazing. Um, I think one of the most memorable things for me was when I put out the 
request to see if anyone wanted to go with me to New York City to serve uh, in their emergency departments. And my email inbox was really overwhelmed. Like, I could not believe how many people responded. I, I couldn't keep up with all the responses, to be honest. That's got to make you feel good to know that, you know, it's one thing to to do the work in the place that you're at and the commitment to, that you make to your community. But because this has become such a uniting thing for as bad as it's been uh, to know that that many people were willing to pick up and go somewhere else to make sure that your colleagues in these really hard hit areas had uh, the support that they needed um, when it felt like, you know, I'm sure there was a little bit of helplessness in a lot of areas um, about the type of support that was out there. Absolutely. Um, it was actually somewhat of a relief because there were so many of us and you hear it on the news and you know how hard they're struggling elsewhere, you know, and we hadn't been really hit that hard yet. So okay. here we were, you know, waiting for it to happen and thinking we could be helping them. So when uh, my medical chair approached me and I had actually been approached by some of my staff nurses as well, wanting to go help, it was uh, it was a relief to say, yeah, let's go as fast as we can get there. Sure. So t- how many people did uh, did you guys go with? Uh, how long were you there? Tell me a little bit about what that experience was like for you and those that uh, that volunteered that came along. Sure. Um, there were the first group had five nurses in it, a total of 14 people. So we had nurses, advanced practice providers and physicians. And so I was one of the five that went in our first group. I absolutely had to go because I needed to be a part of this. And I also wanted to, as a leader, be there for my staff and make sure everything was going um, really well for them while they were there, um, not knowing for sure what we were walking into. So uh, then the second group was another group of 14 providers between nurses, a few more nurses of the second group and uh, advanced practice providers and physicians. So when you we, get in, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. We <laughs> served, yeah, we served at uh, for Northwell Health System, uh, and so uh, we went to Long Island um, Jewish Hospital. We served at North Shore Hospital and um, Bailey Stream Hospital. So three different emergency departments. Wherever they needed us is where we went. So. So what and what was the the impact that you felt you guys were able to make being there? Was it just simply the, to support the colleagues that needed these breaks and to give them a little bit of you know fresh blood, so to speak, coming into the the EDs there to help out, or could you see the difference in the ability to help move the patients along and and to to get through things that were really just it sounds like stacking up there. Uh, yeah, they were very very busy. Uh, we went to the emergency department and helped them there. Um, and they had just been hit the hardest probably two to three weeks prior to us going. So they were just starting to get some, a little bit of relief. Um, but I think it was a really good support. And we, I feel as though we brought a lot of hope to the nurses there. The one nurse uh, that I'll never forget, her name was Lauren. And I was able to work with her. She was a brand new nurse. And she had shared with me literally her first day off orientation was, you know, right at the height of how everything was happening so quickly there in New York City. So she uh, she had been through a lot, you know, and she so appreciated my help. Um, and so I was really glad that I could be there for her to bring her hope and also just to bring her help, you know, sure. so that uh, her her patient assignment was, you know, was busy, but she was real, really a dynamic person and really did a great job handling it. And uh, I really thought to myself, 
I know how that is. You know, we have a lot of nurse residents um, that work in our facility and wouldn't it be great for somebody to help them, you know, through a difficult time. So I was really glad that we were able to do that. It's interesting. You talk about somebody who is brand new to this, uh, who has not necessarily seen the, the ups and the downs that you come across over the, you know, the span of many years. Um, was there a particular thing that, that, you know, you felt like was important for you to share with her, um, you know, that you could bring from your experience or, was it really just being able to relate to somebody who really got thrown into the fire of this? Because I, I, I don't know there's any way to prepare for this, especially if you're brand new. I think uh, it was great to just really be a support, you know, and uh, bringing some hope and having the beginning of some closure to what they had been through. So I think that was helpful. Um, and I feel as though we kind of learned from each other because some of the things that they had been through she shared with me so that when I came back to my workplace, I would be able to take some of those lessons learned. Um, another really great thing I was able to do when I was down there was spend an entire day with their um, leaders of their organization. And so as a leader myself, I was able to ask them about what their struggles were, what kind of things they came across and what um, they did to mitigate some of their issues that came up. And so that was very helpful as well to be able to bring that information back to my own health system. Well, that's a good uh, segue. I mean, one of the things that uh, we'd like to do as part of these uh, these interviews uh, on the podcast is really to talk about some of the, the takeaways or the lessons that can be learned from these experiences, because um, across the country, this experience has been very different from urban settings to rural settings, from small, uh, you know, small facilities to large facilities. Um, what, what have been some of the, the key things that uh, you did bring back? You talked about that leadership perspective, but what other things have you brought back uh, to your facility um, when it comes to talking about how to prepare or how to um, navigate with something that, you know, you try to prepare for, but just the volume and the style of this has been, you know, it sounds like very, very different than anything most people have been through. It certainly was a new experience for me. I, even after 20 plus years in the ED, it was, this is something I've never dealt with, um, the way things have gone through this. But I would say a big part of what we were able to bring back and share as a team, and I really want to give my team all the credit. They were amazing really uh, experienced nurses. We had our best and brightest right down there with us. And they went and they made it their mission to help, to support, and to learn. So we came back with some good educational pieces. And we uh, taught our nurses about proning patients and how to do that in, within the emergency department. That's not something we would normally do. We uh, did also some additional education for our staff on BiPAP training and ventilator management. And so some of those things were helpful. And another um, lesson that we kind of learned about to deal with some of the situations that arise is the use of iPads because it's just so important to, you know, connect with the patients with their families. And as they're very sick and the visitor restrictions are in place, um, the Northwell Health System really utilized iPads to help the patients stay connected with their families and whether the patients were you know, as whatever condition they were in, good or bad, at least the family was able to see and talk to their patients or to their family members, rather. So it sounds like there was a lot of holistic learning that came from the experience because it wasn't only clinical, but it was about how to, you know, to, to help these patients with these other parts of, you know, especially if they're isolated or they're just you know, away from family because of those restrictions you mentioned. Um, do you, you know, in your experience, are you seeing that there is more and more thought going into 
that side of this because, um, again, the, the instances of having to have patients isolated in these ways is probably not as frequent uh, by any means as it is relating to COVID. But uh, the human side of this, it seems like it's becoming more and more prevalent as people are experiencing this more and the hospitals are getting into a, a little bit of a rhythm for the treatment and the care. I definitely think it's it's making an impact and it'll impact our future for many years to come, all the changes and the adaptability. And of course, no one adapts as good as an ED nurse. So, you know, they just, they just figured it out, you know, as they went along. And uh, fortunately for us, we've had a little headway um, ahead of time so that we were able to kind of do a little more preparing than the, you know, those that were in the midst of it early on. Sure. But um, definitely um, that was helpful. Mm-hmm. What uh, so just to, for a little bit of context, what what kind of volume have you guys uh, at, at your facility seen as it relates to COVID? Well, and that's where it gets very interesting because uh, we have not had quite the onslaught of patients that other areas have had. Okay. So uh, we have had COVID positive patients. We've had plenty of them, but our hospital um, has manage them with ease. And I think a lot of that was some of the lessons that we learned at Northwell. It also was just, uh, we have a hospital system, you know, University of Rochester is very proactive. So we were doing, you know, daily meetings and planning constantly to make sure we were ready for large groups of patients. So, you know, we probably would have been hit a lot harder had we not done as much planning as we did. But uh, right now, our volumes uh, have dipped. And so now we're having um, different concerns that we're dealing with in our hospital system related to um, lack of doing surgery, lack of volume of patients. So sure. other, and, you, well, from, gonna... you know, you go from being prepared for large crowds and now we're here with low volumes. And sure. there's a whole different culture and a whole different approach for that sure. financially as well, you know, financially and staffing wise. Well, and I was going to say that this has popped up around the country as well, that um, people that would normally go to the ED for non-COVID related things have have been staying away, which has led to some diminished numbers for for EDs. Uh, It sounds like maybe you experienced a little bit of that as well. Yes, we have experienced a decreased volume and, um, you know, we're there, we're ready, we're waiting for patients to come in. We have skilled people and it is a safe environment. We've worked very hard to maintain a safe environment. But I think it's just, you know, it's going to take a little time for people to be comfortable again, you know, um, getting out there. And then the other thing that I worry about is, you know, people that are at home that are sick that really need to come in and get taken care of that aren't. So, you know, we're in a just a whole nother thought process and we're on another train already, you know. Sure. COVID is still there. It's still happening. But we're thinking, like, how do we get these sick people to come in so we can help them and uh, take care of our hospitals financially as well? And it sounds like, you know, even though your your COVID numbers are, are lower than some other places, there's definitely no complacency that, you know, this is over by any means. You're, you're at the ready for if there is that next wave or what that looks like, you know, in terms of preparing yeah. for the worst, it sounds like. It's exactly right. And so you're going to one meeting talking about low volumes. You're going to another meeting making your surge plan still and coming up with new ideas on how to surge from having you know, sometimes a lower volume to being exceedingly busy. So, and as we start doing our surgeries again, of course, that will fill us up a little bit more too as a hospital. So it really is, um, it's an amazing flexibility that we have to have through all of this. Like none I've ever been thrown, like none I've ever seen. And sure. really being able to shift, shifting your thought process from high volumes to low volumes and 
always always bringing the patient first and trying to make sure you know everything we're doing is thought thought out carefully and supporting patients and their families. Well, that speaks to what you said, uh, you know, at the beginning, uh, it's about the adaptability, you know, and the, the, the ability for mercy nurses to bounce from one scenario to another, you know, at the, at the turn of a, at the turn of a corner. So, uh, uh, Wendy Allen Thompson, I appreciate you, you joining us for the ENA podcast. Anything else you want to, to add about your experiences or anything else you'd want, uh, listeners and members to, to hear about, um, you know, uh, to, to rally them up a little bit or to offer a little support to them. <laughs> I would just like to say thank you um, to all of my fellow nurses. I am so proud to be an ED nurse, to be able to get in there and work beside some of the most amazing people that exist. And just the fact of, you know, my group of nurses, and this is across the nation, ED nursing, you know, you, you're hearing about a, a pandemic, you're hearing about a disease, we don't even know what it is, or, you know, there's a lot of unknowns still. And yet, you know, my nurses walking through those doors to work with their head held high, working hard, and not a bit of hesitation, like, it's amazing. It's a great career. It's a great group of people to, uh, to associate with. And I'm very proud to be a part of it. So I'm glad I had that opportunity to go to New York City. It was, it was amazing. I went there to serve, and I certainly got more out of it than I could have ever dreamed. So well, we appreciate you uh, you taking some time to share that with us. And uh, Wendy, we wish uh, we wish you uh, to be well and to be safe uh, as as things continue to go forward. Thanks. That'll do it for this latest episode of the ENA podcast. Uh, once again, I appreciate uh, Wendy joining us to talk a little bit about her experiences with COVID and, and helping out in one of the the biggest hotspots in the country. Uh, as always, you can uh, check out a bunch of different types of COVID-related items on the ENA website. Uh, we have our resource page, which has uh, been one of our most uh, viewed pages on our website for going on the last couple of months now. So a lot of clinical resources, visual uh, learning opportunities, microbytes, audio clips, um, and podcast episodes and webinars. Um, I also encourage everyone to check out the ENA.org slash together page, which is the ways that you can um, continue to show your support for emergency nurses or help others to in the public to share their uh, uh, share their support and appreciation for what ED nurses are doing. And of course, the ENA Foundation's COVID-19 Relief Fund um, is out there. Uh, you can go to enatogether.org to uh, make a donation to help support that program, which is offering some financial assistance to ENA members uh, who've been directly impacted by COVID-19. So with all that, um, this is Dan Campana from ENA, uh, wishing you to uh, be well and be safe. And we'll be back with another episode in the very near future.